Let me uh, get your Bibles out and um, turn to Amos chapter 7. Yeah, yesterday was heaps of fun. Um, we uh, there was actually uh, quite a bit um, there that's of uh, creativeness that even got missed uh, from what I'm uh, hearing yesterday. Because in such a short time span, it's hard to uh, hard to get uh, the professional professionalism. But we had uh, we had a couple of um, brothers singing in Italian. And uh, if you didn't know, those words were actually meant something. I don't uh, understand Italian, so they'd actually written, written some words there, and that was, um, that was very clever, apart from their singing, of course. That was very good, too. That was Ryan and Anthony. Um, we had people playing ukuleles and trumpets and um, uh, doing all sorts of things. Crazy stuff. Um, now, hang on a sec. I've got to stop talking so I can find Amos. It's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Joel, Amos, Obadiah, in between those. Amos chapter 7. Um, I was going to say this at the end today, but maybe um, just in light of the couple of testimonies that we've, we've had, we'll, uh, we'll let you in on it. But um, um, I, I suppose the overarching thought here today is, is, um, is maybe pretty simple, and I, I hope that... Um, some some things in in between just out of the scriptures can help to um, demonstrate. But thinking about the fact that from what I what I've seen in my walk in the Lord, and more importantly, what we understand from the scriptures is that the success of your walk with the Lord, of you enduring in your walk in the Lord, um, is proportional to how much you value the Holy Ghost. Um, so I want to explain that a bit and maybe I want to shed some light on what it means to walk in the Holy Ghost. If Sometimes people sort of wonder what, exactly what that means. Actually, I didn't have this one written down, but in, in Matthew 24, it says uh, it talks about the last days. Um, oh, I wish I had written it down. I, I was reading it in another version the other day where it says um, about um, the love of many shall wax cold. And this other version, I think it even said the love of many believers or something like that shall wax cold, but he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So, of course, we want to endure to the end, all the people said. And um, that, that end is not too far away. And, but we want to, we want to hang on. And, and so the, the success of, of us making it with the Lord and of, of us walking in, in, in the Lord is proportional to how much we value the Holy Spirit, that wonderful gift that he's given us. Um, so let's have a look in uh, Amos chapter 7. And um, so I've got, to, I've got to start off with a bit of a um, demonstration here for any builders, any handymen um, or handy ladies we have around the place, um, but maybe one for people who have crazy dreams as well. I'm not going to read all of this story, but um, Amos the prophet... Um, you know, he, the Lord shows him this this dream or this picture, and um, 
So what we've got here, uh, you can read it in your own time, but we've got a country that's overrun by gigantic grasshoppers. So that's a good start for, for crazy dreams, okay? And, and so the, the, these gigantic grasshoppers are eating the crops. And, and Amos here at the time says, Lord, I beg you, make them stop. And, um, and, and he goes further than that. He says, forgive us for our sins because these gigantic grasshoppers are, are taking over. You know, and then it, that follows that by there's a fa- fire that's devouring the ocean. Another good dream. And then it's hit the land and it's coming on the land. And, and once again, Amos says, Lord, I beg you, like, just stop, hold it back. And we get to verse 7 here of Amos 7. And, he, and it, then he says, thus he showed me and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line with a plumb line in his hand. Now, I've got a... Uh, I don't know if this is what the Lord's plumb line looked like. Okay, that's a bit grotty, that one. Paint and all sorts of stuff on it. But you get that picture is, behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line. Does everyone know how that works? Yeah, getting a few, few nods around the place. That one we've got, um, I'm sure you've seen one of these before, but we've got the bubble there. And you've got the two lines, and if you want to get the level... Actually, who can, who can do a demonstration for me? Ollie, you missed out in the front row, didn't you? Can you, uh, can you tell me whether the top... Oh, that's a bit high to reach, isn't it? Not really. Can you, can you reach the top of that board there and tell me whether it's level? I was actually looking before to find... Um, it's level now. <laughs> that's one way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> now, can you tell me where the bubble's sitting on the... Um, it's on the Would you say that's level or not level? No. No, okay. Thank you, Ali. <laughs> that's not what I was expecting. Um, okay, so, so we've got that one for horizontal, for level, the, the bubbles in between. I know John up the back has used one of these a lot in his work. And... Um, and then we've got the, for the horizontal. So you go and put that on a door. Like I say, I went around the building before to see if I could find something that was at a level, but it was pretty good. Um, so you, you get the horizontal. So when you're setting your door frame and, and so on. So here we see the Lord with a plumb line. Crazy dream. You know, there he is, God, level. And verse 8, And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, A plumb line. <laughs> Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. Another version says, I will not let their crooked ways pass inspection anymore. Um, that sort of gives a bit of understanding to that. You know, when we go and inspect something um, and we say that's not level and we have to make a decision in building, does it need to be ripped down and start again? Or can you try to prise it into position? Or what are you going to do with it? If something that's not level or plumb, the vertical's plumb. So I just want to explore this um, theme a little bit. Um, Sometimes um, before we can move forward in our walk in the Lord, um, something needs to be straightened out. And, um, you know... Uh, even just sort of thinking about in my work, um, and uh, you know, I put um, gutter guard on um, on houses, and um, 
And sometimes before you do that, you notice a problem because the gutters are falling the wrong way. So you need them obviously falling to the downpipe so the water runs down, but sometimes they run to a corner and then it overflows and it can overflow into the house sometimes as well. So sometimes you find yourself resetting the gutter. So you've you, you got to you know, take the clips off and you've got to reset it so it's falling the right way. And you use one of these. And... Um, there's another thing that happens is sometimes if you have to pull the gutter off and put it back on, what you notice is you see a crease in the bottom of the gutter. Just stay with me for, for a second. And, and you don't want that. It doesn't look good. And so you sort of explore. And what I learnt was if you've got... Um, there's um, some people here maybe with a bit more experience than me. But if you've got your fascia board, which your gutter sits on, is not straight. If it's crooked and you pull your gutter into it, it'll actually crease the bottom of the gutter because it can't pull that way and, um, because it's folded and, and so it looks ugly. And it's not the gutter's fault, it's because the fascia was crooked. So, like I say, I just, I just want to have a think about this theme and God with a, with a level. Um, so then you have to decide... You know what are you what are you going to do? You know are you going to are you going to straighten out the fascia? Can we just um, turn over to Isaiah chapter twenty eight? So I, I suppose what I'm saying there is sometimes we see something. Um, that looks, doesn't look right, looks ugly, whatever. Oh, I'm saying a crease in the gutter. And, but it's actually, the problem is somewhere else. And um, the problem is because the, the fascia. So then, then do, you, do you try to pull the fascia out? Do you rip the fascia off and start again? Or do you have a creased gutter? Um, Isaiah 28 and verse 16 says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. The word plum, I think we, we can get out of this. And the hail uh, shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. There's sometimes when you can't hide a problem. And, and here it talks about, it's talking about Jesus Christ, I lay in, in Zion, and we're talking about a foundation that is straight and true, and you can build on it. And anything that is built on that foundation, on that straight and true foundation, will look good because the foundation is true. If, if, if we build on something that's crooked, the result is we might get something ugly. And sometimes it has to be pulled down, and that's what the Lord was saying, and we have to go back to the start, and, and what, are you, what are you going to build on? Um, keep a pen or a something in Isaiah 28. We might go back there again later, but we'll turn over to Matthew chapter 8. Sometimes we see there's a, a reason why something in our life isn't working. Is, um, 
you know, if, if the foundation of a house is laid and it's crooked, you're straight away going to have, have problems, you know, like, um, you know, building your brick wall or something. If you're setting it off that, that foundation that's not level, you're going to have to start trying to correct it all the time. Um, so that, that's a couple out of the Old Testament talking about this example. And I want to look at some in the Gospels and I want to look at now. But, so, so first we'll have a look in, in the Gospels um, and Matthew chapter 8 and, and verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. I was just thinking about God with this. And, and then we see Jesus came and he was there, the Sermon on the Mount. And, and what was he doing? He was he, like, t- t- thinking about life and, and different things that people go through. And he dresses so many different aspects of life. And he goes, hang on a minute, you're close. We just need to go like this. Okay, this is God's way. Or you're, you're close, we just need to go like this. And he told the people. And so, so when this, this man then comes and he says, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can canst, canst make me clean. And, and Jesus goes, yep, you're right on the level. You know, like he's just been preaching the word of God and he's corrected somebody to, to, to have faith. You know, and we have times in our life where, where we're just a bit off, you know, a bit doubting, a bit, you know, whatever it is. And we go to the word of God, we go to the Holy Ghost and it goes like this. And the Lord says, yes, I will. We read down in... Um, Still in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5, it says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. Sorry. Um, When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And once again, we see this centurion here has been, he's been um, uplifted by by the words of Jesus Christ that straightened him out. And, and with that faith, Jesus has gone, yep, you know, um, you're, you're, you're hearing my word and I've not found so great a faith in Israel. And, and I suppose that's as, as we walk and, and what we're talking about here is, is there will be constantly, there will be constantly times when we're like this in different aspects of our life and the Holy Ghost, I want to talk about that a bit more in a minute, the, the Holy Ghost and the, the bubbles and the bubble and the line, and it just straightens us, you know, to a point where we can be effective. We can be an effective witness. Um, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 
And, and so why, why I've just sort of specified the Gospels here, because I reckon when you're with Jesus, you know, and, and he, was, he was preaching in a sermon on the mount there and so on, and Pete, the multitudes came around, you would. You'd just be straightened. And, and um, in, in, in every day you think, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, and he would just teach you good things. Good people would be straightened. I suppose the other thing is that there was others who, um, who uh, you know, maybe didn't listen as well. And um, so what have we got here? Matthew uh, chapter 9 and verse 24. I don't know if there was someone looking to come in there, but um, uh, verse 24, it says, He said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. Not everybody was straightened. You know, like, Jesus says, you're off the level. And what did they do? <laughs> they, went, no. they laughed him to scorn. You know, and so the, the responses were not always good. And, and that can be the case with us too. And we'll talk about now in a minute. But um, also I had there uh, in verse, verse 12... But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. So Jesus challenges them. And, 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 and like I say, it's always this God with the plumb line. Going back to Amos is I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to stand for this, this crooked way anymore. And so Jesus comes and he's tweaking and he's tweaking and he's tweaking. And so... It's going to fall over there, isn't it? Um, that's what we find in the, now in the Holy Ghost is that, is that we, we have this wonderful relationship with the Lord where he's just wanting to make straight our paths. And sometimes he says, and it might come via the Holy Ghost, it might come via the Word of God, it might come um, via a talk, it might come in fellowship with a brother or a sister... But go ye and learn what that meaneth. We might not say that. I might not have it said to me. It applies to all of us, you know. But, but that's what the Lord's saying. He's saying, I'm going to give you this from a brother or a sister, and they're going to talk to you, and you go and learn what that meaneth. And our, our, our desire to be, um, to be straightened. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 21. Um, yeah, like I say, there's so many great stories in the gospel and sometimes people listen, sometimes they, they needed to be taught, sometimes they didn't and they walked away and, you know, we know the, the, uh, the various stories there of, um, of what happened. Um, just for interest's sake, does anyone know how you can um, find a level over a long distance? Got um, any... Any good ideas? Laser, yes. There's, a, there's an old method. John? String line? Yeah. Finding the level on the string line? Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's another one that I'm thinking of, Brad. The upper light. That's a laser thing as well, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't even know. Ben? Yeah. So you can have, you can have use water. You can use a, a, a long tube as long as you want and you fill it with water. 
and um, and you'll you'll find the level. Just uh, just an interesting little thing. I don't know if um, it's got any relevance in the talk, but um, Matthew 21 and verse 19. And Jesus, when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee hence forward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And and so you just see, you just imagine Jesus walking around with this level, and he goes to the fig tree and he says, There's no fruit here. So, you know, by by Australian standards, by spiritual standards, you're done. <laughs> you're cooked. You know, and and it withered away. And um and then we, we also read here down in um verse twenty-three about some more opposers to the gospel. And um it says, And when he it was come into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching, and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? Now, I'm, I'm skipping ahead to my last bit about the now, but sometimes people say this to us too, don't they? So don't be, don't be worried about that. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost and God has given you the authority, there will be people who question it. And they, they'll say, by what authority do you speak these things? Guess what? They said it to Jesus. They said it to Jesus himself. And... And verse 24, and Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I in likewise tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven or of men? And so he challenges them. And, and they reasoned with themselves, saying, if we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, why did you not then believe him? But if we shall say of men... We fear the people, for all hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and said, we cannot tell. And once again, it, it's, it's very similar to, to today. I was actually thinking that if, rather than to read this as 2,000 years ago, if you, if you substituted in the words here, here because we read um, here, you know, we're talking about Jewish people and Jewish elders. So, if we, if we transpose that with believers in God and we rather read it that believers in God came to Jesus and said, by what authority doest thou these things? Because they wouldn't recognise who he was, just like they don't recognise who we are. And, and then when Jesus challenges them, they won't even answer his question. They can't answer his question. And, um, and they just want to come up with all their, their questions and the, the, their theories and the hypothesising and, and so on, and they don't want to come to an answer. Maybe because they don't get the answer that they want to hear. And that's what we face today. And, and so Jesus said, neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. Okay, you're not going to tell me, I'm not going to tell you. But what think ye... A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went, and he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? 
So Jesus is now applying the level to these guys, the plumb line, and saying, I now challenge you, you tell me which, which one. And they say unto him the first. And Jesus said unto them, so they got it right, but Jesus said, Verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, or let's say the sinners, believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. You might be full of good words, but you actually never intended to. You actually never intended to follow the Christ. You never intended to be straightened. You're so full of your own pride that you won't listen to the authority from the Son of God. You know, words of authority. So the Gospels is a time when Jesus walked and, and like I say, he applied this, this plumb line, this level, and some heard it and were straightened. Their path was straightened and others didn't. It brings us to, uh, to now. Um, let's have a look at another scripture over in... Let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 10. Great scripture here to underline in a minute from, from verse 14. Um, I was going to read one in Ecclesiastes where it also talks about... Um, Ecclesiastes uh, 1 talks about that which is crooked cannot be made straight and that which is wanting cannot be numbered um, or, or that which is missing cannot be recovered. And Ecclesiastes, there's this... Uh, this comes after the verse, I've seen all the works that are done under the sun and behold all is vanity and vexation of spirit. So he says in, in man's... In man's wisdom, in, in, in man's um, uh, life, that the crooked cannot be made straight. But then he goes on to say in, in chapter um, 7, don't turn to, but he says, Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? So, you, you know, we see what, what God can do and... Um, and so then, we're, then we'll read over here in um, in Hebrews chapter ten, verse fourteen. It says, "For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified." So once again, I just want to, like I say, if ever you've worked when, with one of these, you, you you're trying to tweak things, and that bubble it just won't move off that line. And sometimes it's just a millimeter here or a millimeter there. And so talk about that work. Per, perfected forever them that are sanctified whereof the holy ghost also is a witness to us for after that he hath said before this is the covenant that i will make with them after those days saith the lord i will put my law into their hearts and in their minds will i write them and their sins and iniquities will i remember no more and so this is the wonderful covenant that now we can live in and so like i say we've talked about that plumb line in the old testament and then in the gospels where jesus was um, tweaking the understanding of, of people and saying, come walk with me, come follow me and I will teach you. And now by the Holy Ghost, he says, because here we read about 
the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for one offering he's perfected us and then he ties it together with the Holy Ghost um, and this covenant that I will make with them after those days, their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. And this is why the Holy Ghost is, is so important. And so just thinking about that, that bubble that, that, that goes between those two lines and, and thinking about our, our walk in the Lord. You know, we receive the Holy Ghost and the Lord plonks us, boom, straight between those two lines. I need this bigger on the screen. And then we live our life and, and if we're living it in the Holy Ghost, we're, we're in between those two lines. We'll, we'll have in our daily life, in whatever it is, where we'll hit one of those lines and we're just starting to get off the level a bit. And the Lord wants us to, in the Holy Ghost, to be pulled back, to be centred on that line. Now, you know where we can be taught by the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we make a decision in, in what you face tomorrow or what we've been facing for some time, where the Holy Ghost says to us, you're hitting a line here, you're just getting a little bit off the level, just like Jesus did. He went and applied the level, and the Holy Ghost says, uh-uh, hang on a minute, we're just tipping a little bit. And we've got to make a decision at that point. Are we going to stay in between the lines in the Holy Ghost? Sometimes we can press past the line. And for the sake of this example... When we press past that line and we get out of the line, which is about there, where the bubble's right out of the line, we're not walking in the Spirit anymore. We're not between those lines. And, and once again, for the sake of the example, I believe that between the lines is where we sit, where we're being taught by the Holy Ghost, where, we're being, where we sit in the nurture of the Lord. Maybe here is the admonition and the chastening of the Lord because we're, we're not walking in the Holy Ghost. That's not to say that can't be corrected, but who likes dealing in chastening? We need it. But if, we, if, if we're in our life, we're going we're gonna to hit that bubble and we're going to keep hitting that bubble and the Lord's going to keep going, hang on a minute, just like he did all through the book of Matthew that we just flicked through some examples. And he says, no, hang on a minute, whether we're talking about faith, whether we're talking about... Um, I wrote some, some others down there, but... Um, you know, about, um, you know, the rich man, you know, kept the Ten Commandments and the Lord says, go and sell that thou hast. And he pushed past that line and says, I can't do that. You know, the Lord was just trying to give him just a little bit, come walk with me. And he says, I can't do that. Um, and, and other examples that we think of there in the Gospels too. So um, what else did I have there? Just uh, let's have a look over in First John chapter 2. Um, and verse 5 says, But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. So I, I think this example makes sense. But in him, I'm saying those lines is in him. It's in the Holy Ghost. And we are perfected, we're straightened in him. And, um, yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Um, now, 
Have you got another pen? Can you put another one in First John chapter 2? <laughs> um, we're going to come back there in a second too. I'm not quite ready for that one. Um, we've got a couple more. Okay, let's go back over to Isaiah 28. So you can put that pen now in, uh, in First John chapter 2. So Isaiah 28 and verse 11, another prophecy here to the prophet Isaiah. It says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. So we're talking... You know, here, here we, we think of the Holy Ghost and, and we think of stammering lips and another tongue and the Lord speaking to us. Talks about the rest. We know and understand that we have now entered into his rest by the Holy Ghost. This is the refreshing that we've made, been made new in him. You know, the, the power of the Holy Ghost, the day of Pentecost experience. What a blessing. And what does it say? Yet they would not hear. So there, there is this aspect of that the, the, there are people that, that aren't going to listen and, and the Lord is going to try to tweak and he's going to try to straighten, but we are free to go beyond the line, to float off with our bubble beyond the line and, and, and to be out of, out of the Lord's nurture, out of his teaching, out of walking in the Holy Ghost. Um, all right, let's go back to um, let's go back to First John chapter two. Sorry, flick you around. Sometimes the uh, the notes sort of just go here, there, and everywhere, and try to piece it together. So, First um, John chapter two and verse nineteen, it says. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might uh, be made manifest. That, uh, uh, sorry, that, there's lots of that. They were not all of us. But ye have an unction or an anointing from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I've written unto uh, you because you know not, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it. It says, I'm, I'm writing to you because you know the truth, but there are, there are people that are just not of us. And they won't grab a hold of the Holy Ghost like you have been taught. They, they won't let the Lord into their life to teach them. You know, what, what an amazing privileged position that we're in that the Lord actually wants to deal with us and say, you're doing great, but I just want to teach you this little thing. And tomorrow I might teach you something else. Could we be too proud that we say, no, I don't want to be taught that one? Could, you know, can, can that happen? Well, it can. It, so it says that here in, in the scripture. Um, so, you know, and, and sometimes that, like I say, that can reveal itself. You can see that, that gutter that's got a crease in it. 
So something might reveal itself, but the problem is actually the fascia wasn't straight in the first place. Maybe the foundation wasn't laid properly in somebody's life and you actually have to go back to the beginning and maybe that's back to repent, be baptised and receive the Holy Ghost. And that's where I said at the start, and I was going to save it to the end, but the boys said it well, about their, their infilling of the Holy Ghost is how much do you value the Holy Ghost in your life? Do you understand about the need for repentance, about the need for full immersion, water baptism, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? And the evidence is that you'll speak in tongues like the day of Pentecost. Because if you don't, but then it might reveal itself in another way. There'll, there'll be something that'll come along the line and it won't look right. And so the, the Lord will keep working with you and he'll, he'll, try to, he'll try to help you to see it. And he, like I say, he might use a brother or a sister and say, can I just show you a scripture? And then we have to decide, am I going to be too proud here? Or am I going to listen to the Lord? Am I going to listen to my brother who's a sister who's actually got the Holy Ghost and is actually revealing these things to me? Um, I was going to, what did I have? One of our just what we believe, um, like in our, in our magazine. Um, just near, nearly finished here, but um, as we go down, sort of, um, you know, what we believe is part of the Revival Fellowship, and, and if it, hopefully people have read this, but as you go down, it's, it's um, backed up with scriptures behind it, so you can, you can sit down and work it out from yourself. You don't have to hear it from me, you don't have to hear it from someone else. We believe the Bible is the true and inspired word of God. So one by one, we, we, sort, of, we sort of need to tick these things off. If, if I'm going to walk in fellowship with my brother, brothers and sisters here, do we believe the same thing? Is, has the Lord called me here for a reason? Is the Lord trying to teach me something? We believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Once again, there's Isaiah 9, Matthew 3, and, and so on. We believe in his miraculous birth, his life, his death and resurrection, and the need to repent, be baptised, and receive the Holy Spirit. We believe we are baptised into the body of Christ, the church, through the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe in the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church. We believe in prayer for the sick and healing by the power of God. And lastly, we believe the historical fulfilment of prophecy confirms God's plan and purpose for the church, nations and individuals. We can sit down and talk about any one of those and we can open the word of God and we can talk about it. And, and, and the word of God, the authority on these things, for example, the last one, if, if you have believed in the rapture theory... We don't believe that here. Let's sit down and talk about it. You know, maybe you don't know what it is. Maybe you want to know what it is. Let's sit down and talk about it. We don't believe in the rapture theory here. You will hear it a lot across Christianity. But we believe in the historical fulfilment of prophecy. Now, I'm not going to ram that down your throat. Like I say, let's sit down and talk about it because if we believe the Lord's working here, we want to be on the level. You know, maybe it's possible... And if we read the Word of God, it's probably very possible that 
a lot of Christian churches are going like this. Sometimes that's easier to see with, um, you know, sin, the publican and the harlots. But actually Jesus said, they're going to enter before you, you know, because people have allowed other things to go in. The other obvious one is um, the, the one I said about we believe um, we are baptised into the body of Christ through the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. That's what we believe here. That is your rock. And like I say, the success of your walk in the Lord, of you walking in those lines, depends on how much you value that Holy Spirit. Let's talk about it. Unfortunately, there will be people who won't hear. The Bible says they were not of us. And we keep moving forward. You know, we, you will, if you're around for any time in the Lord, you will see people walk away. The Bible says they were not of us. You know, and so let's get it right. You know, let's, let's encourage one another. My time's about up. I reckon I had a scripture here to finish. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9 says know you not uh, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God be not deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves uh, nor covetous nor drunkards nor revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God so they're the obvious things you know sometimes there's other things that people won't hear about the power of the Holy Ghost Sometimes we can sit down with people and we can talk about Scripture, 1 Corinthians 12. We can hammer it till the cows come home and we can, we can explain about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church and, and you can repeat it over and over again and actually people don't want to hear. And so you sort of think, but, but it's, no, it's no shame. They didn't hear Jesus, you know. You know, sometimes there's other, other things in our, in our walk in the Lord. Um, it can be in the way, you know, we, we handle um, relationships, uh, marriage. It can be in, in drinking. It can be in, you know, all sorts of different things. We can sit down and read it in the Word of God and apply the level. Sometimes people don't want to hear. We pray. We pray that everybody wants to hear. It must have been sad for Jesus, you know, like that people wouldn't listen to him. And sometimes it's sad for us too. But the Lord says, I'm standing at the wall with a plumb line, you know. And, and here it is. And we'll finish in, in verse 19. It says, oh, no, sorry, verse 11. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I've put you straight in the middle of those lines and now you can walk in me, walk in the Spirit. And verse 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Let's be nurtured 
Let's be taught of the Holy Ghost. Let's allow the Lord just to keep us on the level and to keep our paths straight. All the people said? Amen.